Good morning, church. So excited to worship you this morning. Why don't you stand up? We'll get warmed up this morning. We're going to praise the Lord.
nothing Nothing is better than you
this morning we come to you as your children. God, with faith like a child, we come to you and we trust in you. God, we bring you our broken. We bring you our worn out. We bring you our tired this morning. We bring you our depressed. We bring you our sad. And God, we know that you have better in store for us. We know that you will take us and you will lift us up, God. God, we trust you this morning that you will make ways where there's no way. God, we trust you this morning.
This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Heavenly Father, this morning, we don't want to just make room for you. We want to put you first. God, we're laying down our own desires. God, we desire to put you first in our lives. So God, help us to surrender each moment to you and exalt you to the place that you rightly deserve. God, we put you first in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. this morning. We appreciate you coming to celebrate Memorial Day weekend with us as well. We just want to thank you for the families and just honor the fallen soldiers for making the extreme sacrifice. We have so much going on in this country right now, and we don't take our freedom lightly. So we really appreciate you being with us this Memorial Day weekend. If you are a visitor or guest here, we'd love to connect with you. Please text the word CONNECT to the number 904-441-6900. And this will give us an opportunity to reach out with you. And this will allow you to share any prayer requests that you might have. And if you'd like to know what's going on in the life of our church, please text that same number and the word NEWS. I have a few announcements for you this morning. Starting two weeks from tomorrow is our VBS. Please make sure that your children are signed up at AnastasiaKids.com. You don't want to miss this incredible week in the life of our church. Your kids are going to have a blast. Also, if you have a middle or high school student, there are so many events happening this summer that we can't bring them to you every week. So we want to encourage you to download asmcalendar.com, bookmark that, favorite it in your phone so that you can check back those activities on a weekly basis. There's so many great things for our students across the summer. Finally, last Sunday evening, our business, our special called business meeting happened and the overwhelming majority voted to continue and move forward with our family ministry building and activity center. So we just want to thank you all for your faithfulness to show up and support. And we look forward to what the Lord is going to do in this place. At this time, we're moving to our generosity moment. We just want to thank you all for being such an incredible, generous church. Last week, on a very short notice, we put out in an email and we submitted calls for donations for our orphanage for Haiti. And you all came and blessed and donated. And it's things like the Acts 1-8 fund that allow us to just continually give to those type ministries when there's a need that pops up. The money, the funds are already there because you all have faithfully already given. So we just want to thank you for your continued generosity to this church and to the work that the Lord has called us to do specifically. If you would, just join me in a time of prayer before Pastor Nelson comes. God, thank you so much for the ways that you are using this body of believers to reach out into the community 
and into the lives of those around us. I pray that we'll be faithful stewards of what you've entrusted to us. Thank you, God, for calling us for this mission, for allowing us to work together with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, church, this morning, we have a very special guest with us. I know it's going to be awesome to hear from him. This is Nelson Roman. He is the associate pastor of our State Road 16 and Espanol campus. So why don't you make uh, Roman feel welcome this morning? Well, welcome. It's, it's an honor and a privilege to be here today on this uh, Sunday, on this special weekend. Uh, you know, Scripture tells us that we were bought at a price. We are not our own. We should honor God because we were bought at a price. And our freedom was bought at a price also. You know, and, and today we want to remember those men and women who gave all so that we may stand here today. And I just want, you, want, want to ask you to stand for a moment. Let's just take a moment and stand. And remember, remember those people who gave all so that we may stand here today and we may have our freedom and that we have our salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, because... First of all, Lord, you gave everything for us. You left your throne and came to this earth so that your creation might be saved, Lord. But, Lord, I also ask you, Lord, to allow us the time to remember during these days or during this weekend as, as we enjoy our family, as we enjoy a good meal with friends, that we may remember those that gave their lives so that we may have the privilege, the privilege to live in this country and have the freedoms that we so many times, so many times uh, overlook and take advantage of, Lord. We thank you, we honor you, and we give you all honor and glory. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen. And today we continue our sermon series, Radical Reality. I'm going to be in Mark chapter 9 today. Mark chapter 9, verse 33. And I would ask that as you look up that scripture, and if you don't have it, it'll be on the screen, but I will ask that you also stand again in reverence to God's word. Thank you. Mark chapter 9, verse 33. The word of the Lord says, And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. 
And whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. Lord, we come to you again, Lord, and we ask that you just bless us through your word, O oh Lord, that you may increase and I may decrease, Lord, that you speak to our hearts and our minds, O oh Lord, and that your word just may have an impact in our lives, just causing us to change, to be more obedient to it, O oh Lord. In the name of Christ, amen and amen. Thank you. You may have your seat. Um, you know, as we look at the scripture, many times what we think about is position or position in line. First, last, middle. We say we cannot be first, right? We, we can't be first. We can't be first to speak. We can't be first to act. We can't be first in line for the food at the small group meeting, you know. I don't know about your small groups, but I'm Puerto Rican. We have food all the time. And not just chips and soda, okay? We throw down with some rice and beans and everything that we can find. But we can't be first, you know? But someone, someone has to be first. You might think, well, brother, you already got it wrong. Are you reading the same text as I am? You know, I, I, I was coming up from Ocala last week, and I realized something. I realized somebody has, someone has to be first. Why did I realize that? Because as I was driving up through all these small towns, they all have Baptist church. Amen. Glory be to God. We're doing, we're doing something right, right? But every town I went into, there was a Baptist church by the same name. What is that name? First Baptist. Somebody has to be first. No? When, when, we, when we're at work and we are assigned a new project and, and we're working in a team, do we say, I'm going to be last. The, the scripture tells me that I should be last and I should serve all. Is that what we say? No, we don't say that, right? The scripture itself tells us in Colossians 3, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. That's working for the Lord. If we're working for the Lord, then we're not, not, we're not only going to be first. We're going to do our best in everything we do. Whatever you do, you're working for the Lord. Sometimes, sometimes we're even put into a position where we are first, where we are expected to take the lead. Paul himself speaks of the gift of leadership in Romans 12. He tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.12, he tells us, Respect those who labor among us and are over you and the Lord. Someone is over me. They are first. I'm second or I'm last. But they're over me. So then, how does the radical reality line up with real life expectations? How does us being first at times cause us to be last and make us be servants? Um, in other words, what do we do? It's all about 
how we behave, how we live, how we demonstrate to others who God is. There might be a time in your life where you ask to take the lead. There might be a time when you are first. If you are a parent, you are most certainly the first that is there to guide and instruct your child. You have to take the lead. Let's look at the, at the verse. What does it say? Mark, 35, uh, Mark chapter 9 verse 35 says, If anyone would be first. If anyone would be first. So if anyone either is trying to be first or if anyone is just in a position where they would be first. He, he tells us how to behave. Jesus tells them he must be last of all and servant of all. So if Jesus is telling us, even if you would be first, you have to be last. You have to be a servant. There must be some problems because, right, the, the disciples weren't doing that. There's obstacles we face. There are challenges we face in trying to be servants, in trying to be last. Jesus asked them one question. One question while he was walking with them, while he was walking with them through Galilee. He came to Capernaum. He came into this house. He asked them one question. What were you discussing on the way? What did the disciples answer? Exactly. They said nothing. They said nothing. Why? Because they knew they had been caught. They knew they were in sin. They knew they had been caught like that child, red-handed. Have you, have you ever been a parent? Most of you probably have been parents, right? You ever have your children in another room doing something? And you hear a ruckus? And you say, what's going on? There's one of two answers you'll get, most of the time at least. Oh, nothing. Right? The other answer, complete silence. Complete silence. Why? Because they know they have just been caught. And that's exactly what happened with these disciples. They knew they had just been caught in their sin. They knew that they were acting in a manner which they should have been acting. They were caught with one of the biggest obstacles we face, pride. Pride has been the downfall of many good men and women. Pride is spoken about over and over in the scripture. Uh, Proverbs 3.34 tells us, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And it not only says it in Proverbs, it's repeated in James 4.6. It's repeated again in 1 Peter 5, 5. So in two different testaments, three different books, three different authors, the same phrase is repeated over and over again. God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Now, I don't know about you, 
But I would never want to find myself in a position where I am opposing the creator of all that is living, the creator of this earth, the Lord of lords, the king of kings, the one that has existed for all eternity. But yet the scripture tells us if we let pride take root, what we are doing is opposing him. We are opposing him. I'd much rather live in God's favor. How many want to live in God's favor? Right? Every day I wake up and I seek God's favor. From every step I take to every breath I take to wherever I go, whatever I do, I am seeking God's favor. I know that if I have his favor, all is going to be well, no matter what the situation So the first step in seeking his favor is not being prideful. Um, And we see Jesus, right? Jesus here, the Messiah, the king, the one that they believe will come to redeem uh, Israel and, and, and liberate them from Roman oppression. He's here with his 12 disciples. They're arguing he could have took a, a position of pride. He, he could have become uh, a little arrogant. And he could have said, what are these disciples doing? They're unworthy of me. They're here arguing. But how did Jesus deal with the situation? He could have just banished them. But verse 35 tells us, he says, and he sat down and called the 12. And then he spoke to them. You see, he didn't use his position to lord over them. He decided that he was going to take this opportunity where he caught his disciples in the sin of pride to instruct them, to give them of his wisdom. To give them of his wisdom that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, would take time to teach us. In that time and even today through his word, it just amazes me that the creator would actually say, I need to teach them. I need to show them the way. I need to make sure they're okay. It just amazes me. He didn't take that position of authority when he addressed his sin or the sin of pride in, in his his disciples and that's another stumbling block that we take that we face our opposition sometimes our position gets in the way of being servants of being first um, our position can be an obstacle we need to be aware of how we deal with whatever position we are in. We need to be aware of how we, we use our time, our resources. We need to make sure that we're glorifying God in everything we do. Jesus would later instruct them in Mark ten forty five. He says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom of, for many. The Son of Man, the Son of Man speaks of his humanity. He didn't take the position of being a Lord, of being a God, of being there in the creation. He was the, 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 the God that was there when, when he said, let there be light, and there was light. Opposition. Opposition is not that of being a pastor or being a deacon or being a small group leader. We are not CEOs, managers, or supervisors. We are called to be servants. Servants, no matter what your position. This is what we are to be, servants. Our business is not in commodities. Our business is not in writing well-scripted sermons. Our business has to do all with people and how we could serve them and how we could disciple them and how we could help uh, them uh, reach, uh, reach God's uh, purpose in their lives. You know, it, it speaks right to one of our core values as a church. You know, disciple making is our mission. When God puts you in a position of influence, when God puts you in a position where you may be first, maybe you would be first, you are in the perfect place to disciple somebody else. You are in the perfect place to instruct that person just as Jesus instructed his disciples. You are in the perfect place to lead that person down the path that God has designated for them. Disciple making is our mission. But you, see, you know what the problem with disciple making is? People. Well, preacher, you just said we need to serve people. People are a problem. Have you spoken with people lately? Have you been around people lately? People can be an obstacle. And it's, honestly, it's not the people that are the obstacle. It's us. It's how we view others. How we view people. Does our pride, does our position get in the way of us serving people? How did Jesus see people? He said in Verse 37 of Mark 9, he told his disciples, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Whoever receives one such child. Child, that, that word in the original language, in the, in the language of the time in Aramaic, child and servant are exactly the same word. What does that tell us? A child was of very low standing. They were seen almost as property. They are weak. They are powerless. They have no position. They are not prideful. They just want to be with other children, with other people. 
If we have the heart of a child, we will have very little difficulty in being servants. I read something by uh, Andrew Knowles. He said, when we count the weak and the powerless as more important than ourselves, we come close to the heart of God. Or in other words, as Jesus said, we receive him who sent me. Once again, as we like to say in Anastasia, right? Every person is important. Every person is important. You know, it's not something that we just post outside or we have in, in, in our, on our website. It's something that we have to live through wholeheartedly. Every person is important. As I was going through the sermon or, uh, in these days, it really struck me. You know, all the things that have been happening during the last couple of weeks in our country. You know, the tragedies that have occurred from Buffalo, New York to Uvalde, Texas. Both of these people who committed these, these crimes were 18-year-old men, 18-year-old men. And I, I questioned myself. I said, what would have been different? Maybe, maybe if these men knew that they mattered, if these men knew that they were important. Because it's quite evident by the actions that they took that they did not value life. What would have occurred if someone, if a God-believing, Bible-believing, dedicated servant would have had the opportunity to speak to them, would have had the opportunity to say, God believes you're important. You are important. I believe you are important. You matter. Would things be different now? See, we have the power to change this world, to radically change this world. If we just trust what God is telling us, if we set aside our pride, our position, if we, if we set aside what we believe about people, and we just believe wholeheartedly that every person is important, uh, if we could believe that him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, can actually do that in any single person, either sitting here or outside these walls. He is able to do it. Jesus that created this world, who, had, who made everything that existed, took the time to embrace a child, a child who, will, who was looked down upon, a child that was ignored, a child that just needed to be loved, a child that could do nothing for his position. To take the point or the position of a servant and setting aside any pride, Jesus humbled himself to the point of being obedient and obedient on a cross. You see, that's the point. 
It's not a matter of our pride. It's not a matter of our position. It's a matter of how we love people. Love is our greatest command. Love is our greatest command. As Jesus will proclaim in Mark 12, 30, it says, and you shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That would be the easy part. The second part is a little bit more difficult. It says, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other greater command than these. You see, if we just, if we just did what the Bible said, if we could love one another as we love ourselves, if we could love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, we could just radically change this world for the kingdom. We could impact men and women who right now are probably not doing too well, who right now feel rejected, who right now are dealing with some demons that just want to destroy them. If we could just change this world, put aside our pride, our position, and just love people. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I, I give you all honor and glory, Father. I thank you, O oh Lord, because your word speaks to us, O oh Lord. I ask that your word uh, penetrate our hearts, O oh Lord, that we, O oh Lord, may put into practice what we actually read, O oh Lord, that, that we could set aside every uh, inkling of pride we have in our heart, that we may, O oh Lord, not take a high lofty position, O oh Lord, and that we may not look down upon your creation, upon people, O oh Lord, but that we may be imitators of you, Christ, that we may be true Christians, Lord, that we may love you with all that is in us, O oh Lord, and that we may love each other as you have commanded us, Lord. I thank you, Father. I give you all honor and glory, O oh Lord. And it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen and amen. You know, if, if God has spoken to you today, if, if you feel you need a time of prayer, I invite you as they play this last song that you come forward and, and, and pray. If you maybe don't know this Christ that I'm speaking of, this Christ that could radically change your life, I invite you, please come forward. Nobody's going to judge you for it. Nobody's going to look down upon you. We just spoke about loving you. Come forward. If maybe you love this church and you want to be a member, come forward. If you just want to be at the feet of Christ, come forward and pray. Amen. Thank you. Upon the altar, 
to the first. You're clearing out the temple. You're cleaning out the dirt. For we are your territory, Lord. We are your church. We are your people. You are our God. We are your temple. Make us holy like you.